It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the second weekend of the top flight winter break. All attention on the lower leagues with Morton against Partick Thistle, the big one in this part of the country. Callum Davidson's first game as Queen's Park manager is at high flying Wraith Rovers, while our broth host Air and top flight teams are starting to prepare for their return with Rangers in friendly action. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me in the studio is Gordon DL, Mark Wilson, and Hugh Evans. But the United back to the top of the championship table last night after beating Inverness Cali Thistle. What was the answer in the Highlands? Tony Watt. The question was, could Jim Goodwin's side live with the pressure? Now the pressure transfers to Wraith Rovers. Can they reclaim the top spot against bottom side Queen's Park? And the transfer window is in its 13th day. Not that you'd notice, the window is jammed. Celtic are still trying to get Nicholas Kuhn from the team now known as Not-So-Rapid Vienna. What's going on? Yeah, I've got to say, the Championship is, is turning out to be a, a great contest again. Like it always is, it's really competitive. And Dundee United getting that win up at Inverness, as Hugh says, puts them where their fans expect them to be. But Wraith Rovers got an opportunity against Callum Davidson's side today. But for Partick Thistle, a big one because Morton, a team banging form. Can they, can Thistle keep their good run going as well? That's a big one for me today. All right, Mark, we get it. Yeah, your yeah, point yeah, by yeah, Partick yeah, Thistle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, I'll, the Jags. I hope the gaffers listening. <laughs> um, listen, I, I agree. I, I like this time of the year when we can concentrate on the championship, I think, and obviously the lower leagues. I think there's some terrific games ahead. I've got a very um, interest in the championship with four of my old teams playing this afternoon. So plenty of goals ahead and pre- plenty of thrills for the lads outside. Absolutely. You can stay in touch all afternoon on Twitter at Clyde SSB. There will be plenty for you to get involved in, sometimes even more uh, than you would have if the top flight was on. But it is the lower leagues taking Full focus today. We've even got a featured League One game for you. There is one game off, though. Uh, the weather doing for East End Park so that game at Dunfermline is off today but other than that we are on we are good to go and like I said there is even a friendly game that I know quite a lot of you will probably be interested in because when you're starved of football you will take absolutely anything so Rangers taking on Hertha Berlin in Spain and various other teams are away aren't they in the top flight Hibs are on their travels in Dubai I believe St Mirren are in Spain Uh, lots of the Preparation starting to begin Ahead of the return of the top flight Next week And with that in mind There will be plenty of talking points I'm sure about transfers And everything else that goes along with the top flight So sit back and relax Until 6 o'clock We've got you I'll give you the nod later on When the open line will be here And it is of course at that point You can have your say On any of the big talking points But these are good Hugh Football in its purest form None of that Technology getting in the way The championship is always an ultra competitive league And we're looking forward to getting stuck back in To the lower leagues today Interesting point that you raise Because I think people have appreciated A VAR-less existence uh, Where they don't have to stop And wonder if a goal is a goal anymore They can just cheer And uh, Mark Wilson's right Morton Partick Thistle has the makings of the best game of the day Although Roger Hanna I would imagine Would contest that Because 
Callum Davidson's first match in charge of Queen's Park They're joint bottom And they're playing the side who could go top So that is one to watch Callum Davidson The man who won a league And Scottish Cup double As the manager of St Johnston Became the most successful manager in their history And now He's with a club in Glasgow, the big city, running water, electricity, the whole works. Yep, it's five past two and Hugh's already offending different parts <laughs> of the country. So we start as we mean to go on. Let's start going around the grounds then. We said it was the big one for us, if you like, and I just mean on a purely geographical basis with both of these teams very much on our patch uh, and both got interesting stories heading into this one. It's Morton against Partick Thistle and Fraser Wishart is there. Oh, I have to say, not only geographically, Gordon, I think this is game of the day. Sorry to Roger Hanna, who's made his way up to Kirkcaldy, but this is all the makings of a cracker and like Mark Wilson. I'm really looking forward to this game. Since they both played each other in mid-November, they've played seven games in a great run of form in December so far in January, because after losing at Fir Hill, Morton were in danger of dropping off the pace at the bottom of the table. There was pressure on Doogie Emery's job. In the seven games since then, they've picked up 17 points, winning five and drawing two. And this has propelled them up the table. And if they win today, they'll move into the playoff places in fourth place because Airdrie are not playing the Dunfermline game off. So Thistle, over the same period, have picked up 15 points from their seven games with five wins. And they sit comfortably in third place. But I think Chris Doolan has gone about his business very quietly and very well. I think he'll be looking to close the gap with three throwers and Dundee United at the top for that automatic play. Seven points is difference, quite a lot. But a win today would be really important for both these teams. Morton Strikers, Robbie Muirhead, who returns today, and George Oakley are in top form. They've each scored a hat-trick in the last couple of games. Both perfect hat-tricks as well. Header, left foot, right foot, and Oakley's late winner against United must give them plenty of confidence and self-belief coming into this game. And when you look at their team, it's filled with players we know from their time in the top division, so they've plenty of experience there. This will also banging in the goals since the New Year's seven and two games. Goal spread across the team. And as just said, just like Morton, plenty of recognisable faces. So two strong teams here today. The weather's perfect. Pitch is looking great. A really big crowd. Expected a lot to play for. Hopefully I'm not jinxing it, but I think there'll be a few goals here today at Capelo. For Morton, they make one change. They said Robin Muirhead comes in after missing last week's game. He scored a hat-trick the last time he played here. And Michael Garrity drops out. So they go with their normal 4-2-3-1 formation. Ryan Mullins in goals. Tyler French, Darrell O'Connor, Kurt Broadfoot and Lewis Strap at the back. Alan Power and Ian Wilson are in midfield with Cameron Blues, Robbie Crawford and Robbie Muirhead behind the hat-trick here from last week, George Oakley. Their substitutes today, Callum Waters, Jai Kitongo, Grant Gillespie, Lewis Gratton, Stephen Boyd, Jack Byrne, Adam King, um, sorry, Alex King, Sam Murdoch and Michael Garrity. Thistle beat are both 4-0 last week, so no surprises. They are unchanged. 4-2-3-1 is for them as well. J- Jimmy Snedden in goal. Jack McMillan, Aaron Muirhead, Lewis Nielsen and Harry Milne at the back. The two sitters are Kerr McEnroy and Stuart Bannigan with the three behind. The lone striker, Brian Graham, are Aidan Fitzpatrick, Blair Alston and Stephen Lawless. The substitutes for party Thistle, Ross Stewart, Wysiri Williams, Scott Robinson, Luke McBeth, Daniel O'Reilly, Ben Stanway, Xander McKenzie, Rico Diak and Tommy Adeloy. And the man, as you were saying, who's on his own today, he's got no help at all. And I think he'll probably enjoy it as well. The referee today is Craig Napier. Looking forward to that one. Morton have the chance to become the ultimate full-time teaser answer on this show. I mean, if you can score three consecutive hat-tricks yeah. as a team, that's when you're in, in serious trivia territory. <laughs> but we will watch that one with interest I mean all they have to do really Mark Wilson is just take inspiration from the under 18s last oh, night oh yes without doubt a famous win did you hear about it Gordon mm, 4-0 uh, he's in here bragging you hear who they played who was it tell him Scotland what? Scotland what 
Schools. They've started playing school teams so they can get victories. So they can get morale boosting victories. Hold on, was this a primary school? I saw Partick Thistle 4 and I thought, right, which other which other SPFL side have they beaten? And I scrolled along Scotland's schools. Under 18s have had. He's now taking on non professional teams in a bid to get a victory. The super scoreboard cast for kids teams up next. He beat the geography class for Unbelievable. Honestly. Uh, well they're a good outfit. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Expect a lot for the Scotland side. Uh, really looking forward to that one, though. Seriously, Morton against Thistle. Let's get the makings of a crack. Well, well, the kids must have been ready for their beds by the time the game was <laughs> over last week. <laughs> yeah, that was a late finish. But uh, for the, the two sides, Morton Thistle, both in form, both trying to keep in touch. Particularly Morton, because at one stage this season, Dougie Emery looked like he couldn't buy one. And that was off the back of some impressive performances right at the beginning of the season. Managed to turn it round. So what? What did Fraser say? There's seven games or something like that. They're unbeaten. By the way, one of their star men, Kurt Broadfoot, after that performance at Tanadice where they won three two, played almost a full game behind me and the testimonial the following day, and was overlapping me as a right sided centre half. So that shows the fitness that that guy's got. Thirty nine. Or the fitness that you've oh, got. Oh, so I was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. Well, we'll get back to Fraser Morton against Thistle uh, at Starks Park, a venue Gordon DL knows well. It's Wraith against Queens Park, and Roger Hanna is there. Yeah, and Callum Davidson's era begins with this crucial clash at Starks Park. The double cup winning St Johnson boys taking charge of Queen's Park for the first time. He'll be joined in the away dugout here in Kirkcaldy by his former Saints teammate Liam Craig Gordon. I'll leave his work cut out with the Spiders deep in the relegation mile. That 2 1 win at Hamden over the Fermland eight days ago and a Broth's 4 0 defeat to Partick on the Saturday lifted Queen's off the foot of the Championship table, but that was a first league win since August 19, a run which cost Robin Veldman his job amid major off-field change at Lesser Hamden. They've twice lost 3-2 today this season. They led 2-1 with four minutes to go here in September, and they led 2-1 with a minute to go at Hamden in November before letting things slip. Lewis Vaughan, a real thorn on their side. Three goals for Wraith in those two games. Wraith, as you said, knocked off the top of the table last night with the D-United's late win at Inverness. They lost 1-0 at Airdrie last week, but that was a first league defeat since another 1-0 defeat at Airdrie back in September. Uh, defensive problems for Ian Murray today. Ross Milne he is banned after his red card at Airdrie and they lost Dan O'Reilly to promotion rivals Partick Thistle when his short term contract expired through the week but they have brought in Kyle Turner on loan from Ross County and he'll make his debut in the middle of the park this afternoon. Three changes in all, four changes I should say income core, Turner, Connolly and Hamilton out go Callum Smith and three of the back four with Ewan Murray injured as well so it's Andy McNeil in goal, back four Josh Mullen, Dylan Core, Scott Brown and Liam Dick Sean Byrne and Kyle Turner will be the holders then Aidan Connolly, Lewis Vaughan and Dylan East behind Jack Hamilton and the bench it's Thompson, Gullen and Smith McGill, Hanna and Masson Queen's Park two changes for Callum Davidson and he's bringing experience into the side Sean Welsh signed yesterday from Inverness Cali Thistle goes straight into the team and as a recall for Louis Long- Longridge as well at the expense of Fairley and Spong so it's Callum Ferry in goal back three Jack Thompson Alec Bannon and Tommy Robson across the middle Cameron Bruce Sean Welsh Jack Turner and Zach Mocklin with Dom Thomas and Louis Longridge supporting top scorer Rory Payton on the bench, McKenna, McPherson and Spong, Healy, Tizard and McKinstry, Reid, Fairley and Jarrett. The referee is Peter Stewart. And when I'm in Kirkcaldy, I need to apologise to Gordon DL. We made fun of him last week with his record as air manager against Inverness. But when you come up here, I've been in the Hall of Fame today. He's the only man in the Wraith Rovers Hall of Fame twice, Gordon, once 
for the record goal scoring hallmark. Wilson never believes us. 202 goals in 378 appearances. He's also in as a member of the most famous race team of all time, the 1994 Coca Cola Cup winners. I kid you not, Gordon, if I said, you know, if I had a pound for everyone that's asked me about him today, I'd have a pound. And the guy who did ask me about him, <laughs> the guy who did ask me about him was the BBC Scotland producer who said, if you're here, that means the L's not here. Because the last time he was here, he unplugged us and put us off here. Remember that most <laughs> famous moment. And, it's, it's amazing and, uh, that that's your most famous yeah, moment at Starks Park. Yeah, when I put BBC, I, I've never seen the faces <laughs> in all my life when every one of them in the stand turned around and I looked and I'm standing with their plug. So it was the full, <laughs> I think their full programme was coming from there. They had like a commentary or something. So like the full team was there. Oh. He, he pulled their cable out <laughs> by accident. I tell you what, it was the best of ever sounded. A lot of them. He should have seen They're their faces. That well. oh. uh, how funny that I was just chatting to Gordon Dale about his pictures at Starks Park. I was saying, is there any pictures? I don't believe it. there is. I cannot believe I need to see it with my own <sighs> eyes. Listen, I'm the most famous person in Kirkcaldy apart from Jockey Walsh. I remember one Saturday night, Super Scoreboard, East End Park, and the guy who looked after the media, and I use the term loosely, he came up around about 10 to 6, and he's clearly got to be somewhere, home for his tea or whatever. And it uttered the immortal words, have you lot not got homes to go to and cut off the electricity? Quite right. <laughs> entire press. 26, <laughs> it's about time. Send you on your way. Thanks to Roger at Wraith against Queen's Park. Remember, Dunfermline against Airdrie did not beat the weather. Um, so that game is off today. We do have one featured game in League One, the ZLX Stadium. Apparently, these days, it's hard to keep up. Hamilton Ackies against Cove Rangers. Gabriel's watching that one. Yes, Gordon, that's right. ZLX branding plastered all around the stadium, but New Douglas Park, the name remains for many. A top-of-the-table clash here, second versus third in League One. These two sides, both in the championship last year and are pining for a return. Of course, Falkirk are runaway leaders in League One at the moment. It's a difficult task for Ackies to try and catch them. Realistically, though, they are the only team who still can. Cove, meanwhile trying to chase down Ackies in second. Eight points separate the two sides before kickoff. Now Hamilton have won just two of their last five. If they are to seriously put the pressure on the league leaders, they need to put a string of wins together. Their home form hasn't been great either. They've only won one of their last five here. They'll hope a victory today can begin a succession of victories. It's actually Hamilton's first game of 2024. They'll want to start as they mean to go on. So here is John Rankin's first 11 of the year. Jamie Smith in goal. Reagan Tumulty, Dylan McGowan, Fergus Owens and Jackson Longridge make up the back four. Ben Williamson and Carl McDonald will play in midfield. Ewan Henderson and Lewis Smith out wide with Jamie Bajonas in the number 10 role. Kevin O'Hara leads the line. The substitutes, Lane Zanatta, Redfern, Winter, McGlynn, Tate, Hewitt, Kirk and Hendry. What about Cove Rangers? They've made a stuttering start to the year. They've not won since before Christmas and they were beaten heavily last time out against Falkirk. A 4-0 loss showing the gap between the top team in the league and the rest. But Cove will want to bounce back today, show they are made of sterner stuff. They know the season is long and they'll want to be as high up in the playoff positions as possible come May. A lot of that will come down to Roman Burrell, the league's top scorer with 17 goals. If he has his shooting boots on today, anything is possible. Now he is in the starting 11 as Paul Hartley makes two changes to the team last weekend 
Uh, Gallagher and Connell come in. Jones and Stewart drop to the bench. And it looks like a 4-4-2 formation. Gordon, Nicholas Suman in goal. Aaron Darge, Josh Kerr, Mark Reynolds and Michael Doyle in defence. Blair Ewell, Mohamed Niang, Mark Gallagher and Connor Scully in midfield. Kyle Connell and Roman Burrell up top. Substitutes Robertson, Jones, Gillingham, Stewart and Williamson. So just five subs for the visitors today. We've got lovely sunny weather here in Lanarkshire. A bit of an icy bite in the air, but perfect conditions for football. And of course, both sides play on AstroTurf, so no complaints here. There'll be no complaints about VAR either, because we don't have it, and that's why we love the lower leagues. The referee is Ross Hardy, and we're 40 minutes away from kickoff. Looking forward to it then. That's you got your team news. We will keep an eye uh, on events between our broth and air as well uh, but for now we'll let the guys get a breather because when we return as we often do on a Saturday we'll take a look back at some of the week's biggest talking points that's coming next Action as it happens and your reaction from five on the open line this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are in the studio we've got the top team round the grounds we've given you team news ahead of the championship and League One fixtures and what we usually do at this time on a Saturday is take a look back at the week's biggest talking points and this week it's VAR and Willie Collum uh, oh, just no. kidding and there's just only kidding. one reason for that because there's nothing happening and nothing continues to happen transfer is, window do me a favour that was so last week come on let's move on where we can um yeah, Roger Hanna, realistically what we should always do at the midway point of the winter break on the Saturday is we'll need to go really fast and work through the umpteen transfer stories that have been breaking all week and keeping your newspaper busy, right? Yeah, hundreds of them, Gordon. Go on then. Eh, hang on a wee second. No, listen, Hugh was right at the top of the show when he said that some of these things turned into a saga. Um, but there's no pressure on the clubs. There are no games of football at the minute. So there's no huge pressure for Celtic to get Nicholas Kundale from uh, Rapid Vienna over the line. I believe his work permit was approved through the week during the final stages of the negotiations. But it's not as if they're rushing him in for a big game this afternoon or tomorrow. Um, I would expect him to be in the building before Celtic's next fixture, which is against the mighty Bucky Thistle in the Scottish Cup a week tomorrow at Celtic Park um, as for Rangers they've been doing the hard yards in La Manga this week Fabio Silva's with them I think he's starting this afternoon in this friendly against Hertha Berlin over there I would imagine Philip Clement would want to do a bit more business whether that involves getting players out the door as well because Rud van Yilmaz of course heavily linked with Hellas Verona where he'll go in to replace Josh Doig who's not coming to Rangers and I believe he's going to Marseille in a deal that will net Hibs around about £1.1 million pounds as part of their sell-on Hibs themselves, they are away overseas, they lost to Servette of Switzerland yesterday but they've got a couple of trialists in a Brazilian midfielder called Adrian and I think a young defender Chris Moore from Leeds United so clubs are trying to do things, there was hard signing a defender on loan from Wolves yesterday and they will be desperately trying to lock Lauren Shankland in a darkened room somewhere deep inside Tynecastle. Yeah, I mean let's start then with Nicholas Kuhn if you like is that is that going to happen though is that what your your understanding would be yeah I would imagine so I think the fee final the fee will probably be close to three million pounds I would imagine um, some will say what another winger at Celtic at a time when they've got Maida and Abada and Palmer and Johnson and Yang and Forrest but I think you know some other Celtic supporters will tell you 
that team hasn't adequately replaced Jota and I think this might be as close to, uh, in terms of style, I don't know about impact, but in terms of style to Jota, a player who you know starts on the right wing and likes to come in on his left foot. Uh, Mark Wilson, do Celtic need another winger or as Roger says, is this just about well, being better than what's already there and trying to get more quality? Yeah, well, my initial thought on Thursday was they certainly don't. When Rogers just read out that list, and Hugh rightly corrected us on Thursday that Telio is still at Celtic as well, a forgotten man. I thought, no, they don't. But Roger is right in respect to saying that Jota has not been replaced. And if Kuhn can come in to, to Lennox Town and show in the early stages there in training that he is better than Yang and Johnson and Forrest, uh, then... Uh, of course, it'll be a worthwhile piece of business, but it's. I think there's other priority positions, and that's what surprised me, particularly the centre forward position for Celtic. I thought Brendan Rodgers would have been a stick on to be after someone that he can rely on to back up Kyogo. Always been that man who's been flung into the mix um, when things aren't going well, but he's never really, you know, grabbed that jersey in the year he's been here so I thought Brendan Rodgers would have went for a striker first and foremost that's not to say that he's maybe working behind the scenes on one as we speak um, but look if Kuhn comes in and he lights up Celtic Park in his first few games nobody will be saying oh we didn't need another winger the first thing they should do is get him in against Bucky Thistle next weekend because they've got a 4 o'clock kick off on a Sunday afternoon against Bucky Thistle uh, you can test the public reaction by playing him from the start because the, the response so far from the Celtic fans I think has been that they are underwhelmed it's always the way with the the first transfer of the transfer window if you're Celtic you're looking to make multiple transfers come true uh, the first one tends to get the full glare of publicity and the, the fans are saying what that we waited all this time for him uh, so get him in against Bucky Thistle and let the crowd see that he is the player that everyone says he is or was in his earlier day his career appears to have after Ajax and Bayern stalled a little yeah I mean Fraser Wisher it feels like particularly for Glasgow's big two so Celtic in, in particular this time it's, it's that balance between constantly seeming like the squad's too big and you need to trim it but ultimately needing quality and trying to get players that are better than what you already have it seems like a fine balance yeah, and I think in Celtic's position, they're sort of hung by their own success uh, financially. If you, if you think of the, the announcements, and Celtic rightly make big announcements and proud of the profits they've made and the money they've got in the bank, and fans just think, oh, just spend it. You know, and I've seen stuff online about Nicholas Kuhn where, you know, they're accusing the club of penny pinching and arguing over a few hundred thousand pounds. I don't know whether that's true or not, but, but you, you can't just go and pay over the odds, you know, pay half a million over the odds or whatever else for a player that's not, not that value. Because then you are getting into a situation where you're, you're, you're paying too much money. But uh, the, the problem is they, they buy so many players and the turnover of players at the two big clubs is, is huge. But you bring in a player and all of a sudden, six months later, and you're, you are looking at likes of Yang and Tilio and Quan and uh, Lagabielka and maybe Navrocki. And, and they're, they're all summer signing six months later. They're not good enough. But you've signed them on four-year contracts. So you get big transfer fees there as well. So the squad just becomes bloated. Players become a wee bit... A bit demotivated as well. They know they're not wanted, but they're going to sit there because until they get something better. So it is that problem for, for them. And, and I don't think either Celtic or Rangers are going to buy a lot of players in this window because I don't think they need to. But they need to buy two or three of quality players to, to, to improve the squad 
and to, to see off the challenge of the of, of the opposition. So I have a bit of sympathy with the Celtic board because you, you can't just go in and say, right, OK, we've got a bit of money, let's pay way over the odds because if the player doesn't succeed, then that's even more of a loss when you try and, try and sell him. I don't suppose it's anything, it wouldn't go down as something drastic, Roger Hanna, but that kind of attempt to move some fringe players on. Quite an interesting one last night with Quan not only leaving but going to familiar territory for us at St Mirren. Yeah, absolutely. It was one that sort of caught his out the blue, I have to say, early yesterday afternoon when Stephen Robinson unveiled him over at St Mirren's training camp in Spain. It probably makes sense. Um, when we were discussing Gustav Lagerbielka's situation a couple of weeks ago, we likened it to Christopher Ayer's first few months at Celtic. And the best thing that ever happened to him was getting put out on loan to Kilmarnock and learning how to play in the Scottish League in a Kilmarnock jersey. And that might just work as well for Quan. Um, St Mirren needs somebody now. Keanu Pakis is away to the Asian Cup with. Australia um, so Quan uh, will get action in the middle of the park for St Mirren and it's up to him to show that Celtic were correct to give him a five year deal when he arrived from Busanai Park in South Korea's second division last July That's why he's here Mark Wilson because I don't suppose coming in never really playing and heading to St Mirren is a huge ringing endorsement but you cannot argue with Roger Hanna's Christopher Iyer comparison yep. Right now, you might be able to argue in time, but right now you have to leave your mind open to the possibility. Yeah, for a lot of field transfers and a lot of turnaround, as Fraser's saying, there's always one in there you can relate back to that did work. Um, uh, maybe closer to home, Ryan Christie as well when he came, and he was away to Aberdeen that looked, by all accounts, that he was going to sign there, uh, and then he comes back and he's a star. So, who knows with Quan? It was an interesting one. But I think the Celtic board are under pressure, and I think they're under pressure... Because of the, the six months, I think they went a couple of years under Ange Postacoglu without the pressure. Everything was rosy in the garden and all these signings that were coming in, a lot of them were good. But there were some field ones in there. But the manager, I think, managed to brush the bad ones under the carpet and the Celtic fans weren't really scrutinising the board or the recruitment model then. However, what's happened from summer to now has put the pressure back on them. Not helped by Brendan Rodgers saying... He wanted four players. Now, if you come out the transfer window with one player, the Celtic fans will point their frustrations back at the board. It's their fault. The manager said he wanted four. There's only been one brought in. Roger Hanna will know this, just to, to ask on that. Did, was it specifically said for this window, Roger? I just don't want to... I, I keep hearing that number banded around. I just can't remember how specific it was. Yeah, and listen, managers do that because it turns the screw a little bit on the board to make sure they get as many as they want. Now, he, he might not actually want four, they might want two or three, but, but by saying four, it, it looks as if you know he's putting the pressure a little bit on the board. He'll get Nicholas Cohen in. I'll be interested to see what other areas of the team he seeks to improve. You know, Are they a striker short, particularly with O away at the Asian Cup for a period of time? Are they a left-back short because Alejandro Bernabe doesn't look as if he's making any impact whatsoever? on the club do they address the, the long term goalkeeping issue this month I don't think they will I think they're more likely to go for a striker and a left back myself as well as Kuhn but it, it's going to be fascinating between now and the 31st of January I don't think the board are under pressure I think the head of recruitment's under pressure far too many players have come in and Fraser Wishart rhymed them off It's kind of the same thing isn't it I mean it's like any sort of management structure like y- you take responsibility for everything that gets Delivered, You know, if you're the guy that puts the head of recruitment in place, then it, it falls on you anyway. Well, but you're looking at the head of recruitment and saying, Kobayashi? Mm. Really? Tilio? 
28 minutes of the Celtic jersey mm. Really? No, no, but it'll always come back to Well, who picks the head of recruitment then? You know, you've been there a million times Nobody but nobody Rocks up to an AGM Or goes on social media and says By the way, see that Celtic But they're doing a terrific job A really brilliant well, job And they've been let down badly By their head of recruitment It just doesn't happen History has always dictated That Celtic are, were known for the biscuit tin mentality Now that's unfair Because they've spent millions and millions of pounds on players But They've now taken to spending millions and millions of failures. And Tilio, I repeat, 28 minutes to Celtic jersey. Kobayashi, for all we know, he's back in Japan. Uh, Aiden Tiago home, where's he? Lagabielka, is he staying or what? Navrotsky, how about him? I mean, <laughs> Nat Phillips, that went well. So you, you've got 10 summer signings and you've got Louis Palmer... Pass uh, Paolo Bernardo Maybe a pass And the rest Jury's out In fact mm. The jury has decided In most cases And then today They bring back Adam Montgomery From Fleetwood uh, Now Fine young player Is Adam Montgomery Back to be uh, In the Celtic defence Is this the way The window's going It's quite often You do that And then they go Somewhere else on loan Isn't it You see that quite often Happening um, What about Rangers Fraser Because they looked like It was going to be Busy early because Fabio Silva was announced before the window even opened. But things have slowed down a bit. No one's really going in early on a, a large volume of signings. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that the markets that both are looking at, and you, you, you're rhyming off a load of names there, Hugh, as well, about uh, players that have come in and haven't really been seen. You know, and it's hard to judge how many Celtic these Celtic players are good enough or not good enough because we don't see them. And there's a number of them with Rangers have come in and we have seen them. And uh, Lisa Lammers has, has already gone, and Philip Clement has decided over three months. He's had a good three months to. Look at his squad, and he's decided where he needs extra extra players. But they're they're both looking at similar types of markets. I think Celtic probably get more money to spend. But again, they're relying on other teams bringing in players. You know, you can't just go to a club in January because the club might be saying, "Okay, this guy's not going to game for us." Or if we move this, if we let Celtic buy or Rangers buy this player, we need to have a replacement. So they're all lining up replacements while doing deals to sell these players. And the Nicholas Coon situation, I don't know what the hold-up is, but it could be very well that they're, they're not going to let him go until they get a, a, a replacement. That's the type of thing that happens in this window, and it's the type of thing that makes it all happen in the last week and the last few days as well. And I think it might be the loan market again for, for the old firm. You know, Silva's already in a loan. One or two others where, where there's where the, the, the selling club or the club that's releasing the player know he's coming back in the summertime as well. But uh, it's, it's a difficult time because you don't get people really who are playing regularly for their teams who are available because the clubs don't want to let them go because they're probably going for championships, they're going for Europe, they may be avoiding relegation in their own country. So it's a difficult time for, for, for the boards of directors and, and I say a degree of sympathy, but they have to go and do it. They've got the money, Celtic in particular. But that's their job, is to go and get players in, the chief executive, the chairman, the head of recruitment, whoever it is, the manager, together. They've, their job is to identify players way before this window as well. And, and, and that's, the, that's the key, is getting your job, your, your work done early. I mean, you think back to the first window that uh, Ange Postacoglu had. You know, you had, had Maeda, you had Hatate and Kyogo were in almost before the bell struck on the 31st of December. Yeah, I mean, another one that we'll never really know how close it came for, for Rangers was Josh Doig, uh, Fraser. Looking at the fee yeah. that he's likely to go to Marseille for, I think you're talking, you know, four and a half million pounds, that ballpark. Does that... Do a couple of things at once Maybe tell you that The chances of, of Rangers Financially being in In that bracket right now Unlikely But also what it can do For a young Scottish player's profile Once they go into A whole different market 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, young Doig has gone across there. Aaron Hickey went to same to, to same area before him, and Lewis Ferguson, now captain of Bologna, same club as, as Aaron Hickey went. And I think now that's a market for these clubs because they're, they're bringing them in and not on massive, massive wages, and not in wages that Ulfram couldn't afford. It's not as if you, Lewis Ferguson's going and Aaron Hickey are going abroad and I mean, two or three times the money they got at Celtic. Celtic they just could have afforded them these players as well. But it's, it's a, I think it's a great thing for these young lads to to go away and get that type of experience. So I, I don't know the size of Josh Doig's situation where the Rangers were interested that, that kind of fee that maybe strikes me that, uh, that uh, they weren't that interested or maybe they don't value him at that kind of money but uh, for young Doig playing in that league is just going to open up and more and more experience more and more horizons and I think it's brilliant that these young lads are, are going abroad and are staying abroad you know they're not in a rush to come back because over the years too many of our players couldn't move beyond the north of England couldn't move to the north of England without they've been homesick so it's a different game nowadays for, for, for Rangers and Celtic because the top European clubs are now looking at our younger players and, and that's only good for our game. Uh, is that the one area of Rangers pitch, Roger Hanna, that might need the most surgery during this window because is Ridvan Yilmaz going to stay? What's Borna Barisic's contractual situation and so on? Yeah, well, it will only need surgery if either Barisic or Yilmaz go. It looks as if Yilmaz will depart. It looks as if he will replace Josh Doig at Hellas Verona. And with only six months left in Barisic's deal, it might well be the optimum time for Rangers to look for a left-back. Um, with Lammers gone, there's still the injury question mark hanging over Kemar Roof. There are still various question marks hanging over Cyril Dessels. Danilo's out until April time, I think, so... Don't be surprised if there's another forward comes in as well as Fabio Silva during this month. You know, the, the, the Lauren Shanklin chat just doesn't go away, but there's also been another chat of, you know, continental targets for Rangers in an attacking sense. So I think they could be just as busy before the end of the month. And if we're talking about biggest talking points of the week, there will not be a week this month where Lauren Shanklin's name doesn't feature heavily. What is the latest, do you think? Will he leave Hearts? And if so, would that destination likely be Ibrox? Well, I think the only person in Scottish football who's been mentioned more than Lawrence Shanklin this week is Taylor Swift, who I believe is either buying Motherwell or moving in with Gordon DL, judging by some of the stories. Um, but L- Lawrence Shanklin, I think Hearts will attempt to tie him down on a longer-term deal to make him the highest-paid player at the club. But with 18 months to go, I would think Lawrence Shanklin's advisors would be telling him to sit tight because the next move, if he makes a move, the next move Lawrence Shanklin makes will be the biggest and most important of his career. Yeah, I suppose when there's all this transfer speculation surrounding you, you've just got to shake it off, Mark Wilson. Oh, very good. On very that bombshell. It's a real low moment you for don't the get show. That, do you? We'll go what, back around the grounds. Never mind. We'll go back <laughs> around the grounds next. <laughs> the team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson and Gordon Diel, are you okay? Are you with us? You had a bit of an accident during yeah. the break. you got to feel for this guy, Mark Wilson. Every night we have to listen to him bore us to tears about how he's fasting and he's counting calories and he's going to the gym. He's sat in that stool. It took one look at the weight and it crumbled from beneath him. He's bashed, oh, his, he's bashed his elbow off the windowsill. Like the nutty professor. <laughs> You've never seen that. <laughs> and he sits in stools uh, and they uh, just burst underneath now, that, That's a setup. That's he, a booby trap. He's now preparing a legal claim for industrial exactly injury. You're my witness. Yeah. We'll half up. I bet you that got the heart rate up. 
There's nothing worse. Oh, <laughs> thank God I didn't have a coffee. I'd be, I'd be scolded. Ridiculous. I went down the wall there. I can't stress how much I wish it had happened down the on wall, air. What's the end of that scene? I don't know. I'll try to get something. Oh, it was fantastic. Something I have to I say. I could keep my job there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to Championship and Lower League action today. Wraith Rovers against Queen's Park. The great thing about that game, Roger, as you alluded to, there's a few. There are a few narratives to use Hugh Keevan's most hated words Of course what it means at the top of the table The bottom of the table But a really interesting managerial appointment you, I, I'm fascinated by sliding doors moments for, for managers or, or the timing I should say about when things happen You cannot do much more as a St Johnston manager Than win a cup double Inevitably Things will take a bit of a turn for the worst You're out of a job You have to wait a while And then you come back in at the bottom of the championship It's been a really interesting period for Callum Davidson It has been Gordon I was really interested to read his interviews yesterday When he was unveiled at the City Stadium And he was talking about he had the chance to go to the United States He'd, he'd been in talks with Indy about, about their vacancy as well But this was the one that actually got him interested um, He's going to work again with Liam Craig Who I know Fraser Wisher knows so well from PFA Scotland work and together it's a really interesting project and you can always pick things out you know, from, from managers' first team selections. I think when Robin Veldman and Martin Booker were there and the, the Dutch experiment was going on at Queen's Park, it was all about a certain style of football, it was all about youth development, it was all about focusing on, on the young kids. Um, the two changes Callum Davidson made today... 33-year-old Sean Welsh signed yesterday from Cali Thistle and another veteran of the championship, Louis Longridge, both into the starting lineup today. And there are some of the young kids, and I'm looking forward to seeing young Cameron Bruce at wing-back today. Um, a very highly rated young goalkeeper, Callum McKenna, on the bench again today. But I think Callum Davidson will approach this um, in a considerably different manner from his predecessor. Let's hear from the man himself. Probably don't realise how much you miss it until you actually get back on the training pitch. Uh, that's the bit that I miss probably the most, you know, with the players, uh, coaching them and, and being out there. So yeah, delighted to be back. Uh, it's been a wee while. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to uh, this challenge. It's something slightly different. So uh, really looking forward to the challenge. I just felt as one of those clubs when uh, obviously I spoke to uh, really on Friday, uh, last Friday. Uh, I just uh, one of those clubs that. Is trying to build the infrastructure. Uh, they're trying to play young players, young Scottish players. It's something I've got a strong kind of affinity with. It's something I really enjoy doing. What I like about Queen's Park is they're building it sort of foundations first. You know, then moving up the way. It's not not the other way around. You know, so you, you might be a quick hit up there, but we're wanting to be there and sustain ourselves there. So that's the that's the key. It's difficult because it's very hard to do, uh, but hopefully we've started and hopefully yeah, it might take a wee bit of time, but. You know, uh, hopefully we can get there sooner rather than later. Yes, looking forward to seeing what Callum Davidson can come up with. And if we keep the theme as the precarious life of a manager, uh, Fraser Wishart social media only a couple of months ago, maybe even a few weeks ago, Morton fans having a bit of a pop at Dougie Emery, results not going well, and just how quickly things can turn are in great form. Yeah, fans of all clubs, top to bottom, have got uh, less patience, I think, now than they used to, to have. And they forget the great run that Dougie Emery had last season as well and that Morton are one of the smaller clubs in this, this division when you look at the likes of uh, even Party Thistle would say we're a bigger club and more bigger budget certainly Dundee United and others you know and uh, it took them to a great position almost got them into playoffs last year as well but they did have a poor run and they were sitting they lost to Sadella to Partick Thistle mid-November and things were a wee bit precarious but what a reaction he's, he's had from, from his players you know and Robbie Muirhead 
And George Oakley, a hat-trick each in the last couple of games. I said they're a perfect hat-trick, right foot, left foot, header as well. So they've got a goal threat there. But to, to win five and draw two of your last seven games when you're bottom of the table, I think is, is, a, is a great, great position to be in. And win today, they're top four for Partick Thistle. It's hard to see what, what they what they do. I mean, they're nine points behind the top two, so you want to keep the pressure on. But I think if Thistle are going to have any chance of the of the actual promotion place, they're going to almost have to go unbeaten from between now and the end of the season. Certainly beats Dundee United and, and Raith Rovers in the games they're playing, but they're, they're also pretty safe in third. They're, they're well ahead. I think they're ten points ahead of Morton today, who are in, in fifth place as well. So they're not really going to drop out the playoff places, Thistle. So it's a really difficult one for, for Chris Doolan, who's done really well. He's not somebody who wants a limelight he's somebody who's quite happy doing his business in the background but uh, maybe that's a, a good thing for Partick Thistle there's been no headlines because it's been a good season so so far but uh, this will be a great game really looking forward to it two teams in form there always seems to be plenty of goals in Partick Thistle games said earlier all the goals that, that Morton are scoring this is going to shape up to be a really really good game of football it's got all the makings though I mean it's George Bowie's team sounds like you've got George Bowie's <laughs> music on in the background he'll be poised and ready at 6 o'clock Hugh depending what happens here I'll Diggy Emery, the, the, the transformation is remarkable. I listened to him last Saturday on the programme after he had beaten Dundee United at Tandice when he said the players are in a groove now. Uh, so they go into that match full of confidence. Uh, if they score three hat-tricks in a row, Diggy Emery should retire. Uh, but it's a really enjoyable game in prospect for everyone at Capital. Yeah, looking forward to that one. It has to be said, a cracker, Greenock Morton taking on Partick Thistle. Uh, Roger Han, I'm fascinated by the game that's off because usually there's not much you can do if the pitch doesn't pass the inspection, so be it. But I can see some Airdrie fans having a bit of a grumble. Um, you know, there are no other games off. The weather seems fine, but East End Park hasn't made it today. Yeah, I think it was a problem with the undersoil heating system. I'm not sure whether a pipe burst and, and flooded part of the stadium. Um, uh, games off today, I'm told there may be a chance it could get fast-tracked through and played on Tuesday night, and that could make a big week for Dunfermline because they've actually got Queen's Park at East End Park next Saturday. Both sides already knocked out the Scottish Cup, so that's the only championship game next week. So I think James McPake would be keen to have Airdrie at home and Queen's Park at home back to back because that might give them the opportunity for points it would cement them back into the promotion playoff picture You can never say never Gabriel but it must be a weird situation for Hamilton knowing that at the top of League One they're going to have to do something outstanding to catch Falkirk possibly, probably, unlikely um, but they're looking pretty good for second place and you just, you know, I guess trying to find that motivation to just to stay there if when it becomes clear that they might not be able to catch the league leaders. Yeah, as you say, Gordon, Falkirk, runaway leaders in League One. When you look at the teams in the division, it's what you'd expect, but Hamilton won't give up. And as I said, they, they need to start putting a string of victories together. They haven't really done that all season. They have been the second-best team in League One, as the league table clearly shows. They're eight points above Cove, who are in third, they're nowhere near Falkland. If they do want to put pressure on, we all know the season is long. There's plenty of games to go through. The weather gets involved. The fixture pile up. You can put pressure on teams, even if you're still points behind them. You've got to start putting consecutive victories together. And Hamilton, of course, wanting to make up for what happened last season. Originally, it started out brightly. They won that Challenge Cup, but then things started to go downhill. John Rankin was fighting for his job. He ended up getting relegated. It was these two teams that both got relegated from the championship last season and both looking to go straight back up but coming from different 
sides of the SPFL spectrum that is Hamilton of course so long in the top flight overachieving as so many people would say dropping down whereas for Cove it was the opposite in, in 2018 and 2019 it was all about project SPFL trying to get out of the Highland League through the newly implemented pyramid system they finally made it but they shot up the league score and some would say people up in the northeast perhaps too quickly I don't think they expected to be in the championship that early on obviously finishing last last season Paul Hartley was key in those early years of success going up the leagues he's back now He'll want to eventually build here, become strong enough to become a championship club again. And they are also very well positioned. As you say, if Falkirk do run away with the league title, these two looking pretty in the promotion places at the moment. Yeah, looking forward to that one. And we also, don't forget, during the match, we'll keep an eye uh, on our growth against Air United as well. Roger Hanna, there will be a minute's silence, I think, at your game because a sad passing uh, of ex-Wraith chairman Bill Clark I have to say a very short personal anecdote I only met him once I travelled down to his house which I thought was miles away couldn't believe how far it was went to interview him and uh, just a really lovely guy so I'm sure that will be well observed in about five minutes time Yes it certainly will I was reading some of the tributes to Billy sadly passed away on Monday and he just seems to have had Wraith Rovers at the heart of his life um, people are saying you know what a, a great fellow he was um, always very welcoming here at Starks Park and he did some tremendous work in the community some tremendous work at Wraith Rovers and he will be sorely missed in these parts So that's you all set up then for a busy, busy day of lower league action I did say if you are starved of top flight football you will take anything so I'm sure you Rangers fans will be keeping an eye on that friendly against Hertha Berlin uh, and maybe trying to see what clues and who's playing and is there a different style and what's been going on during the warm weather training camp so I'm sure that will come up between now and the end of the show and we've got a few things up our sleeve that we need you to get involved in on Twitter and kickoffs are coming next The winning team all season long this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson, Hugh Evans, Gordon DL are in the studio the top team are out and about around the grounds the focus on the pitch of course is the Championship and League One today but there will be plenty of talking points that take us well beyond the lower leagues of the SPFL and in fact we don't often know where the talking points on a Saturday will take us so we'll see what happens but before we get there Hugh Keevans your featured games Aka please what are you giving us? I am giving you Morton to beat Partick Thistle Wraith Rovers Queen's Park a draw what? Arbroath <laughs> Air United I know <laughs> Talked to a man who beat three people from Airdrie and beat the pundit last night. Be quiet. <sighs> Draw. Arbroath to beat Air United and Hamilton to beat Cove. Couldn't be more different. I'm going for a draw between Morton and Partick Thistle. I'll go for Wraith to beat Queen's Park, Air United to win Arbroath and Hamilton to beat Cove. I'm going uh, Partick Thistle. I'm going Wraith Rovers. I'm going Air United. And I live not too far from Hamel. I'll go Hamel. <laughs> Thanks for that. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Goal Flashes with MD Green Pharmacy. New Year, New Start. Quit the cigarettes with the smoking cessation programme. That's you then, up and running on a Saturday afternoon The SPFL card looks a bit different during the winter break, but plenty of interesting fixtures for us to keep an eye on. 
And worth repeating Just in case you weren't aware Rangers fans You've got a friendly as well And two things can be true at once Hugh I know that some people say It's a friendly Who cares And I completely understand that logic But I also understand the logic of people who say I'm bored stiff of the winter break I need something I need anything I need to see how my team is lining up And that might be how the Rangers fans feel today Well they want to see Fabio Silva and they, they will because he's in from the start. And they want to see what he's made of. They want to see the cut of his jib. And uh, that's why the friendly is important. Do you I, know what I, I love about friendlies though because despite the fact that we have years and years and years of evidence to prove beyond all reasonable doubt that you can't take too much from them, we'll still do it. Of course, of course we will. This, this was the week... That Rangers' best player in pre-season, Sam Lammers, moved on after an, an yeah. ineffective season, but we 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 just have to because, like I say, yeah. you're starved of football. You're looking for any clue that you can get. But I think this is different in January from what we witnessed at the beginning of seasons, where new players are coming in and players have had maybe three or four weeks off. They've done a lot of running. Um, new ideas are getting implemented. It was only how many days ago did Rangers play their last game? You know, and, and sell tickets in Manon. So it's not that long ago. So the team is is what you were witnessing a few weeks ago. But it's just for those new players, fans are are probably right to judge. Not, not just for for new players. You look at the t- I think for Rangers, Raskin, for instance, Raskin is back in the yep. middle of part. Gets get some sixty minutes, seventy minutes under his belt, whatever it may be. Uh, Silva, new shiny, gets some 60, 70 minutes, whatever it may be. So, And it's, it's strange because I looked at the team there and Neil Maz, well talked about going to leave Rangers, is uh, he's starting yeah, to so, start live. Um, again, and the reason that you, it's, there's, only, there's always just going to be a level, and I can almost sense it if you're just switching on, you're thinking, well, why, why the in depth analysis of a Rangers friendly? But sometimes yeah. you just have to go on what you've got and um, Robbie McCrory's in goals that's nothing more than giving him a chance yeah. let's be honest Fans he ain't, ain't going to oust Jack Butland Tavernier, Suter, Balogun and Yilmaz as Gordon says Lundstrom, Raskin and Sterling so again is that a commitment to kind of keep him in a midfield area and it's Matondo, Cantwell and Silva you would expect everybody to get a game mm. at some point or most of them the friendly is the home of the false dawn <laughs> everybody looks at them and thinks yes that what a season we're going to have and then it all collapses after that. So fans have a plenty of stories of uh, friendly matches where they've gone away thinking this is our season, and it hasn't quite worked out like that. It but just breaks up the day yeah. when you're over in La Manga as a player. You're running about. It breaks you're... up the day. Yeah, <laughs> something you do. So this is the least important part of the Rangers <laughs> players' day. Yeah, I'm not sure. Come on, has that same oh, theory? Wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. You telling <laughs> me? That's what do, what do you think? What do you honestly think? That the Rangers manager is going to learn from today's friendly. Absolutely nothing. Oh, nothing. He's he learned would, a lot, has he? I think, he I think he would disagree quite yeah. strongly okay. with that. Listen, he, he, he's playing guys there to give them a few minutes. He's playing guys. <laughs> Why to wouldn't get back they go and golf? La Manga's famous for the oh, golf courses to break up way, the day. Nobody will tell you. I would La Manga every year my holidays. I can believe it. Goal flashes <laughs> with MD Green Pharmacy. Wraith Rovers 1, yeah, Queen's Park 0. What <laughs> a start. Hold on, hold on. If you're going to lose a goal, lose yeah, it. Anyway. Who said that? What a start to life uh, for Callum Davidson. Apparently, it's being described here as a DL style close range finish at Starks Park. 
The right. five past three train is yeah. not even passed yeah. by the stadium yeah. yet. I've <laughs> got to say, whoever scored that goal, congratulations. That was always my aim. Starts part. I think it's nine minutes past nine past to, to Edinburgh, right? And I, I used to say to the boys, tell you what, they're a drink on me if I've not put the ball in the back and that. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Eddie, Eddie, the, Eddie the train driver used to peep Eddie that. the train, train driver. driver. You yeah. expect me to believe he that's not a he, character you've just made no, up? No, no, no. You that's what I just go and sound real. Eddie the train driver. I don't know. You don't peep a horn a train. What do you do? No, I think that's probably. Do you peep a horn? been a steam train back in your day. You played so long. He had the air out the window. All right, Dad. Is that another one? So there you go. Nine minutes. <laughs> it was a ball in from Dylan Easton and a finish from Jack Hamilton. So there we go. Wraith Rovers lead one 0 against Queens Park. Callum Davidson's thinking, "That's just back in the golf course." Uh, is that, uh, that's what I mean. <sighs> Forget that stunt. I think Callum Davidson's actually well in some elements of his life. I dare say you're very different characters than others, but um, I think he's the football manager you really would have aspired to be. Yeah. Imagine being a football manager and an incredible golfer. That's I'm like, an incredible like golfer. No, 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 no. You're decent. He's incredible. Yeah, you've not seen me in a season. Professional standard. Played like, today. He's like, he plays off like plus three. I don't care. That's a lot better than you. I don't care. He's, a, he's the course record holder. Somewhere, I think it's Dunblane. Dunblane, yeah. 62 or something. No, 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 no. Gwen Eagles. No, I don't think. A little bit of course record holder at Gwen Eagles. Play up there every week. He's not a course record. I think it's Dunblane. But anyway, it's somewhere in that neck of the woods. That's a pitch and putt. He's proper. I've got a feeling you didn't play that well today. He picked me up today. He was a bit down the dumps. I thought. How did you play? No, I got win. Okay. We did lose uh, three and two, but yeah. I blame my partner, no me. Um, but uh, first day back, loved it. Great day out there. Mm. Great day for the boys as well. Enjoying the football. Right, Hugh. Let's get this up and running well. We okay. can. The first half teaser with the slash football for the best football news and opinion online. I like this one. We all know about Postacoglu and Gerard and Dyla and Lennon and Martin O'Neill, but they all had one thing in common. None of them were Scottish. Can you tell me the last five Scottish managers to win our top flight? Who are Oof. the last five Scots to win our top division? Last five Scots? Yes. Good question. Right, get through with your answers there at Clyde SSB on Twitter. It's a race. Yeah. We're looking for all the correct answers on one tweet and you need to send it over before everybody else. It is that simple. We've got a goal in our featured League One match. Let me tell you about that. Goal flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy. 1-0 to the Yakis. It was a Harai. We threw one-on-one with the on-rushing keeper. Coming in from the left-hand side, you can picture the scene opens up, curls it past the goalie, and the Aki's lead by a goal to nil. Good start there for the hosts. Yeah, strange one. Like the guys were saying, like Gabs was saying, for Aki's before kept doing so well, but John Rankin doing a good job there. Again, he was he was one of the players alongside me for the testimonial last week. That's two references to the yeah, testimonial last week. He's loving it. The reason he's loving it, he did Asler's boots on. 
Point yourself in the direction Which I wasn't let, loving Let them go <gasps> They were awful They were I'll tell you oh, something Where did you get them from? I, I, I got them straight from the Nike factory No, no, yes, no, no, no. Did. Oh. Right. There was, I was there as an eyewitness Sponsored. There was a few things that annoyed me about them, right? They yeah. were Old No, they were yes. Let me finish but not old enough to be like proper, like retro or cool in any way. They were just old, right? They were. And look, everybody's got their limitations. That's fine. I'm not judging you for it. But but they were the cheap version of the no, boots that you can get, a hundred percent, without doubt. The leather <coughs> Do that wasn't right. real leather. That's, that's, it, was, it was hard plastic. I right. saw them right, right. and the, the heel re- was chunky, very chunky. The heel. And this is where I'll bring you both into it because it's a combination for me of your terrible boots and maybe his terrible technique. There was one moment in the first half, I was in the stand working, obviously. I've got better mm. things to do with my Sunday than go there yeah, for pleasure. For a couple of comps. Um, <laughs> he's, gone, he's, gone down, he's gone down the right <laughs> hand side and he's swung across in and I've, it made the ugliest noise. It was like. The, awful spin. Cheap boots Bad technique <laughs> I can actually hurt my foot I That cross I had to have a look You know what uh, Right the tongues The tongues on them Had velcro to stick And I looked at them In the dressing room And I thought I can't I yeah, can't have velcro them down uh, So what I did was I folded them inwards uh, So that they disappeared You're my boots no, Well I'll tell you what they were, They're that bad they A horrible. pair of boots They're still in the Wilson household Right What do you did you want them back? Um, you're right. I gave them, I gave them a weekend after no, the you game. Better, you better get back in and get there. What do you need boots for? Gordon, you, you, never, you, you, never only, play, know you only wear golf shoes and slippers. You never, That's the only two things you wear. You never know the minute I might be coming back. <laughs> well, okay, you might not, but we all do. No, no, I want if, my boots If you're back. back in the grass, right, back coaching, <laughs> back on the I, grass. I think I could see you with a pair of golf shoes on. It was Ash the last time he coached. <laughs> I got, I instead got of football boots. The, the director of Nike... Right, gave me those right. boots. They're specially made. Yeah, I heard this week they've Phil split. They've split with Tiger Woods because they're thinking about getting you back <laughs> on the roster. They get rid of I'm the sure. Tiger. They were ugly Honestly. anyway, and I won't be wearing them again. But I thank you for lending me them at well, short notice. Bring them back. Okay, I'll hand them back to you if, if you need them. That's like the time in here when Scott Allen gave me a pair of boots to wear in a game, but I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't Why? pull them off because he's, well, he's a proper player. They were like white. With, Flashing lights and frills and all sorts. And I, oh, I couldn't do it. Just going to pull them off. Not good enough. They would have been more up. Is that what you worried I'm, about? I'm just black and white, straight like, so up and down. Sometimes you've got to bluff your confidence. Nah. Just get out there. Not Hold your head. Look at Wisher. He made a career. Did you ever wear white boots? Were they even a thing when you um, were? No, I was. I was sponsored by Adidas, but German company. <laughs> Thanks. Um, We've heard of them. <laughs> we are aware of their work. A big, a big German company the come in get my, got okay. my signature as a, a young player, and I went through my career and mm. never wore another. No, in all seriousness, though, like, when when would the white well, boot become that's a what thing? You know, when I can remember that in my childhood, when Decanio really brought them in the Panta, how do you say that? Floral Doro. Panta Floral Doro. Doro. That was the first time. Pantofli Doro. That's the ah, one. Well done, Chuck. Yeah. Because there yeah. is a link between those boots and this radio station. Correct. We made a fortune out of them on the Cash for Kids. Really? Uh, yeah, I think we made was it a gold one. Uh, was I it not a gold one or was it a white one? Uh, I thought it was gold, but anyway. About £60,000. What's your link, you? That, the, the <laughs> was we, we auctioned them <laughs> for right. cash for kids. <laughs> that is the one. <laughs> I thought Radio Clyde had a special thing going with these boots. Really? All right, the Cano's boots, right? Okay. So, so, what year would that have been, Hugh? A resident oh. pretend Italian reporter, Gabriel Antoniazzi, 
has sent me a message to say that your pronunciation is not quite correct, oh, and it translates Gabs. as the Golden Slipper. I see. So there Lee you go. Gabs ah. knows, eh? He's, he's been in my land once and he thinks he's Italian. I'll be checking. Sounds, he's, he sounds quite legit, to be fair. I'll Change be checking his, his half-time report uh, for grammar. Gabby Smith. Oh, by the way, I've seen him. He, he popped by for Hill midweek. Carrying his motor. I don't think he enjoyed you ridiculing his vehicle. Uh, <laughs> well, get the motor in the car. Seriously, that, that was serious money because we're going back. Yeah, that would have been in, in the nineties. Yeah. You know, we always do the cash for kids sports amazing. auction. Yeah. yeah, that is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I was. Desperate for a pair of rows back in the day, but there you go. never there, quite got there, them. There's a good question then, right? But which, to the listeners, which Scottish player was the first player you became aware of wearing white boots or coloured boots? Who would it have been in Scotland? Because I, I, so definitely not in your day, no? No, no. At, like, no, I don't think no so. Way. Yep. And when did you hang them up? Uh, when did I stop playing? That's what it means generally. Um, yep. I don't I ran about the 2000 Maybe <laughs> The way you played Until 2000 You didn't play At the millennium yeah, There's no way You got a nicky you know What do you mean The nicky me now That's only 20 I'm 16% body Four fat And curly muscles What are you talking about <laughs> Do you want to Full on muscles How alarming is this Right This is your career And I How do you not know When you stopped playing right? According to your Wikipedia it was 1997 You're three years <laughs> out that's, that's nonsense How can you not know that? That's nonsense I think I uh, retired You were not still playing at the millennium As Mark says Surely not Yeah yeah No way yeah, You were I not still playing that. When Bob the Builder Was Christmas number one I'm not having that I think I was When the millennium bug Had the nation Fearing for their lives yeah, No way that. No yeah. way No you yeah, remember, have been remember I was player manager at Air And I was still at Air in 2002 in Two cup final Right Yeah I was going to name myself On the bench that day nah. Mark well, Rose I didn't want to do Somebody out of medal Because I had a few Anyway Enough about him Who's the first player You can remember Wearing coloured boots There you are I've got a, I've got a Series of bizarre questions To ask you That's the way it tends To work here on a Saturday uh, When we don't have any Top flight action uh, We've even got the Hertha Berlin Rangers game on a friendly how have you got that on are you enthralled are we supposed to be advertising that I think it is available on YouTube Gordon Dale didn't bring his special telly in don't worry (laughs) 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 are you enthralled are you taking I love La Manga no I'm into the game yeah I'm I'm all over it is Rangers in the white or a blue (laughs) I just thought that when it started (laughs) the white white okay for viewers watching in black and white, Rangers are not wearing blue. Yeah. The pitch looks a bit dodgy. I tell you what, doesn't it look good? The football that they're playing with. It looks like one of the That's ones straight that out of one of those La Manga sports shops, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. White with the, different coloured patches on it. The rest turn up with that, any? Mark Wilson has 60% of the teaser correct. Hold on a minute, Mark Wilson. Gordon Dale was involved. Yeah, we'll get well. back to that. We'll get back to it. But there we go. Fabio Silva's leading the line for Rangers. A few Rangers fans are interested in seeing. What he can do We saw a very Brief glimpse Didn't we Before the break What was it About 15 minutes Or yeah, something Yeah And uh, Like I've heard a, a lot of Rangers fans Saying that he looked Apart And he, the way he moves They could tell that Yeah he's going to be a player I didn't particularly See anything Really from him In that period But it was such a Short glimpse of him um, But like, when you come With that price tag There must be a player There somewhere There's got to be uh, And I know You know Players Sometimes don't fit systems or 
styles of play or the league they're in, but you've got to think there must be, you know, something there for that, for Wolves to splash out. Was it 34, 35 million pounds in him when he was he, he's still a young kid? So I'm not convinced he'll be a number nine, though. No. I think I he thought plays Rangers a wee bit go, deeper, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, uh, I've got that. He doesn't look that box player. You can tell a box player right away. But here we go. This is not the. This is not an answer I expected. Someone called in to say the first player they can remember wearing coloured boots was Joe Baker. Now Joe Baker oh. finished playing in the seventies. No, not a chance. Oh, you, you know that, mate, will you? Mate, well, there must be something in that. That's far too random and bizarre to make up. Surely. Joe. Maybe this was like a one-off, but it didn't quite become commonplace until later on. Joe used to be on this programme, you know. Really? Yep, back in the day. Uh, but uh, I would really, really doubt that because, you know, it, it, it was the, the Scots who played for England, uh, and uh, but it was in a, an era when white boots had never been heard of. Hmm... No, there you are. See, this did, this goes way further back than I thought. Did Fraser, United playing like the white Fraser boots? Wishart says George Fleming of Dundee United wore white boots in the mid seventies. Oh, did he? Really? I just can't imagine. I, that. I do remember that. I'll tell you. I do remember so that. So when I asked you like ten minutes ago, I, I couldn't remember right, George Fleming. Right. But now Fraser's. See if you look back, nineteen seventy four Scottish Cup final, Dundee United and Celtic. I'm sure Walter Smith wore white boots for Dundee United against Celtic. Well, there we go then. As so a player. So it's now all coming back to you. Mm. Okay. She think about it. I think I, I wore a pair. <laughs> so why why wouldn't it catch on? Uh, so I guess it caught on in the nineties more or the late nineties. You know, if you're saying players wore them in the seventies, why such a long gap before it became such a a common thing? Now it's very difficult to get black boots. I think black boots are starting to creep Seriously? back in. Nah, yeah. it's kind of back now, but you're right. There would yeah, have been a time. There's a, a time ago. you couldn't get black boots. But even your Copa Mundials and things are 100 quid now. I'll tell you what, there's some great names coming in. John Daniels says Jared Dixon wore them at Dundee United in the 90s, apparently. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Um, Rico Anoni, remember him? He so I take it. Well. Yeah. Uh, don't wear odd boots, did I make that <laughs> up? I think so. Yeah. Oh, someone's done that, haven't they? Rico Anoni. Yeah. Was it? Listen, you're, uh, oh, you're I don't on think the ball you're, today. you're really sharper than usual, which is. I said Rico Anoni. He said, did he not wear odd boots? And you <laughs> said right, somebody okay. did that. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to keep an eye so on it. Must have been, so it would have been white first, then coloured, I assume. You know, the, yeah. the, you mentioned gold, and now you get all yeah. sorts, don't you? But I just um, try to see the. I can't get that image out of my head now. The 1974 Cup final. I'm sure Walter Smith had white boots on playing for Dundee United. Something about them, see when you, you put white boots on. I don't know. It, got to have the right socks. Your, your, your boots have got to go with the right socks. Uh, right, okay. You can't have white boots on with, say, black socks and a black shorts. No, I don't think so, Hugh. That uh, doesn't yeah, look I good. found a picture. No. He seems mm. to be wearing black boots in that one. Would that be the right Would that be game? trainers in the warm up? You've seen them. Could I do the samba one? Hmm. Okay, well, there we go. You learn something new every day. I'd say way back further. Oh, for goodness sake, someone sent a picture of Jimmy Johnson wearing white boots in the 60s. This is this this bubble has burst. I was expecting Seriously? someone to say 1994. Yeah, but it's when it took off because, what, you know, As why, young guys would, just why wouldn't it. he keep wearing them? Then, you know, he's, he's a flair player. That signified flair players with the white boots. But the 90s, the cameo is the one that stood out for me with him. Amazing. He's goal at Pataudry, remember? Wasn't it? Oh, was that yeah. the gold boot or was that the, the white boot when he chipped the goalkeeper for about six yards and 
got it the other side. Fantastic. Well, it, amazingly, it only lasted one season here. Everyone still talks about him. Yeah. Scored against Hearts. That's the gold boot, you're right. The gold yeah. boot. Yeah, see, I know, man. Scored oh, against Hearts. Uh -huh. At Celtic Park. There you are. And there is Jimmy Johnson in what pitch. looks like Hummel. White pair oh, of Hummels. Signed as well. There's a wee picture there on the Celtic wiki. Someone's Fraser Wishart's actually sent in. So there you go. Goes way further back than I expected. That's what see that that's why I like hanging out with you guys on a Saturday. Just just a, just just an education. Not all of you, but you know, yeah. some of you. Understandable. Um Will I repeat this teaser? Yeah, go on then. As I say, we all know about Ange and we all know about Stephen Gerrard and Ronnie Dyla and Neil Lennon and Martin O'Neill. Give me the last five Scottish managers to win the top flight. Uh, can I just say before I eliminate some of the answers, Gordon DL, today is week two of your experiment on the second half teaser in terms of the who am I you know we've decided that you get it too easy and we said there are three possibilities right. one you're a genius at the who am I correct don't make me laugh the second someone sends you the answer to your phone right so last week we locked your phone away in a case to make sure you couldn't get access and you still got it correct so we said that the third possibility was that you've got like an inside man in here that you get told the answer by a producer or you see the answer in the office so today we have taken measures to prevent any of that and I will reveal them in the second oh, half kind of <laughs> but for now it is your first half teaser and I have to say I think most people we got it I think most people probably oh, got hang on yeah. because you're unlikely to get a completely wrong answer on this. Do you know, do you know what I mean by that? You might get the odd one, a couple out on timing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're not going to be too far well, off. Mark Wilson's at all five now. Yeah. No, Mark yeah. Wilson is going to help. Stephen Bluenose Scott says <laughs> Jock Wallace. Well, long time ago from no, Jock. Not on there. Um, Stephen Kinning says Sir Alex Ferguson. Long time ago for Sir Alex as so well. So those are not on the list. Coming up for 40 years for Sir Alex. And Davy Boy wants to go for his namesake, Davy Hay. <gasps> Davy Hay, ooh. Not on the list. 80, so. 86 for Davy I think. Not on the list. So keep your guesses coming at Clyde SSB. We've got a goal in our League One match. It's Hamilton 1, Cove 0. We've got one of our championship games, Wraith Rovers 1, Queen's Park 0. And the big one, um, he says, with tongue-in-cheek, it is Rangers nil, Hertha Berlin nil, and they're friendly mm. in La Manga. So there we go. Speaking of David Hay, I think I've told you before, Hugh, David Hay was my agent for one day. Oh? One mm. day. Came, yeah, he's seen you play. He came round <laughs> to the house, <laughs> round to my mum and dad's I house. Thought, and I'm not paying many bills watching we, this boy. We sat round the table and he'd been doing a bit of agency and yeah, I'd like to sign Mark and take him on. And oh, great, okay. And uh -huh. we all agreed and he left and think, oh, brilliant, what a legend is my agent. And then Never so he got the lovely job the next day. So <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I've not had the best of luck with agents over my time. I was going to say he decided he just knew, knew what was right for him, didn't he? Yeah. Livy and Wilson. He missed it in the... Uh, Who big... was your agent? Who was my agent for the majority of my career? Darren Jackson. Oh, right. Was it? He yeah. bought, yeah, he bought, yeah. He bought Darren, as well, World he? Cup 98. <laughs> 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 I'll, never, <laughs> I'll never forget the day when did at Bristol City uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm, things aren't going well down there for me. And I wasn't playing well at all. Derek had just been sacked. 
And I said to Darren, get me out of here, I need to get out up the road, get me anything, I'll go up and play for and anybody. Dead, couldn't get you Okay, either. says, right, I'll work on it. It's not anyway, bad, but your standards are like, oh, <laughs> very clever. So yeah. I'm on the treadmill in the gym at the Bristol City training ground, and I've took my phone with me because it's, it's second last day of the transfer window in January, and I get a phone call, so I jump off the treadmill and it's Darren. He says, oh, I don't know if you've, uh, don't know if you've seen the newspapers or that, or seen the news. I was thinking, what? I said, this must, must be linked with somewhere. No, um, I'm away to Dundee United as a coach. And I went, what do you mean? He says, uh, I've decided to wrap the agency. I'm away with Sid and Jack. So basically every agent you had left you. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I'm desperate to get out. I thought you were working on something. Oh, he no. Said, you can go in there. Oh, can... no, no, no. The Palmerston uh, Pet. Oh, no. Yeah. His appearance on this week's show depends on it. Queen of the South nil. Alloa won Bobby Wales. Second week in succession. The oh. on loan. He always comes back. With the goal. He I'll, always comes back. I'll keep my phone on in case you need the emergency to come. He'll up. always come back. If he needs me down there as a right wing back, um, I know the turf well. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> the, ad- the advertising, advertising boards. boards even better. How was uh, your elbow after uh, colliding with the boards last week? Pretty sore. I was at the gym this morning. The sweat was running into the scab. But you know what makes oh, it stingy. Oh, do we need to know that? <laughs> well, I got an asked how the elbow was. And I thought I'd give an honest answer. Yeah, a bit too much information. I actually text Gordon got went. Tell me he's not got in a game, would you? Tell me he's not getting a game. <laughs> By the way, the, the, answer, the answer was quite like Mark Wilson. Uh, they've no enough players. But you see, when I walked into the dressing room, right, and I was looking about, and I was looking at all the names in the strips, and I was thinking, where is my strip? <laughs> <laughs> and I was Wilson 17, so they obviously just had a 17 and Stick stuck my Wilson. name on it. Ah, thankfully, Dick, Dick and Ian Campbell were my managers. They saw sense. They thought, yeah, uh, yeah. this guy. But... Uh, I've never been mm. subbed twice before. We no, he came off twice. <laughs> I got subbed twice. What? So it's obviously rolling subs, and I do think he was one of the only. I think he was the only guy was, to come I, off I twice. I was only. I was only one, so I can. I can hold that dear. So he me. came off, came back on, and off again in the space what? of ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just rolling subs, how many times? I know that, but but why, do, especially him and nobody else? Well, right, you've got guys well, doing there two that, and can, two together that here. can hardly move. Right, well, exactly. Again, hold on a minute. This is a guy before guy? we come on here was bumming about his record today. Exactly the, on the treadmill. Exactly. So again, what does that say about his ability? The treadmill. Well, they saw. I picked up a dead leg, and they must, they must have thought he's he's <laughs> yeah. not moving. Honestly, he's moving you gingerly. You love an injury, <laughs> like, Whose dead leg did you pick up? Oh, oh well, did, still did you kick the now. ball? Did I kick the ball? Yeah, could you, you yes, I did kick the ball. You're a typical fullback. He runs about, looks busy. Create space. Shouts, he, uh, he shouts man it, on. He played it safe. Would be my would analysis of the game. No telling passes. Lots no of whipping very the ball in. short passes inside to Scott Brown. Ah, you know yeah. what? We were just rekindling. See, see if you gave that another two weeks to two he's playing together. I, I think we could walk into uh, most teams in the yeah, league. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Scott, I'll go to the toilet as well. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to you busting? <laughs> oh, there anyway, go. right, so no top flight, of course. Goals going in down the leagues. Kelty won Annan nil, and the Spartans nil, Stenhouse Muir nil. Uh, still had quite a good time this week on the show because we gave out our very prestigious Clyde One Super <clears throat> Scoreboard Half Season Awards, didn't we? Yep. Uh, and we came up with five categories and it was great fun because what we did was we asked you 
on any given night to come up with your suggestions. Based on your suggestions, we then came up with a four-person shortlist and you got the chance to vote on it all night and we then announced the winners the following evening. So a bit of democracy in there. Um, The difficulty in Glasgow is some fan bases are bigger than others. So I thought what we would do, right, let's recap their awards and you can tell me if the great Scottish public got them right or wrong. In your opinion Are you happy with that? Yeah And it'll all culminate In me announcing Who our Player of the year So far Is Because I haven't announced that Yet We did it last night On the show So Monday night The Award on Monday night Was Signing Of The season Right That was That was your Category Signing of the season The choices were Owen Beck Jack Butland Lewis Mayo or Luis Palma based on the calls that we got the tweets that we got that was the four person shortlist who would your winner be out of that list Hugh Keevans Butland have to agree Butland full house the great Scottish public got it bang on 56% of the votes went to Jack Butland so there we go no grumbles there Tuesday night second award we went for What's your biggest surprise of the season? Now that can be a good thing or a bad thing. It could be a player, it could be a team, it could be anything really that falls into that category. Your surprise of the season. The short list was Rangers recruitment failings in the attacking area, uh, Kilmarnock's old firm dominance, Rangers winning their Europa League group or the emergence of Liam Scales. This was incredible. Over 5,000 votes And both Liam Scales And Rangers in Europe Got 38.4% of the votes Liam Scales won it By something like 4 votes Uh Out of 5,000 Did the great Scottish public Get that one right? Rangers, you know To sack a manager And win your Europa League group Mm -hmm. Takes a bit of doing Sure I want Surprise though Right If I, Here's the thing If I say to you in July uh-huh. What's less likely to happen Liam Scales becomes Celtic's number one centre half Including Rangers games and Champions League I games I know where you're going Or Rangers top their Europa League group It's Scales But fast forward a couple of weeks Months You've sacked the manager You've not beaten Limassol Over a couple of games I get that's where the surprise comes from there um, What would have won it for you Mark? Yeah I think Scales Just because it was Just by four so votes out, or so out the ordinary um, You know just a player You never thought would have a chance And especially when Celtic signed Two centre halves At such a cost You thought he was on his way At the club Goal flashes with M&D Green Pharmacy Goal Morton It's Robbie Crawford A free header from six yards out It was Muirhead's corner I think it hit a defender on its way in But if we're giving it to Robbie Crawford uh, Hurry up Robbie Because you now need to get two more To add to the Morton list of hat-trick scorers So Morton won Partick Thistle nil. That is a big goal Surprise of the season Would you have gone along? I'm a bit torn with this Yeah, um, I can see the argument for both uh, great achievement from Rangers, especially in the situation. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't biggest achievement. Yeah, it was surprise of the season. Yeah, surprise. I'd probably say we never thought that Liam Scales would even still be at Celtic. Never mind such an important player. Wow! So the great Scottish yeah. public got that one right as well. However, <clears throat> I do think Wednesday night is where it gets a bit more contentious. At least in the 
numbers that we saw here because it was your moment of the season so far. Okay, moment of the season. I know it was in the summer, but Kenny McLean in Norway was in there. I mean, oh. the whole country remembers where they were. Just sensational. Led to the Euros, all that sort of stuff. Ali Adams, a sub goalkeeper who's never played for our broth before, comes on up front and then bangs in one of the best goals you'll see. As far as individual moments go, out of this world. Kyogo's goal against Rangers at Celtic Park or Kimar Roof's winner in Seville. That was the short list based on the calls and the tweets that we got. And the winner, according to the public, was Kimar Roof's Seville winner. <laughs> I'm not even sure that should be on the list Never mind Win it Well see I think you're being harsh Right Because I no, get you, You've got to understand Think about it Right What that leads to Rangers top in a Europa League group Winning in Seville Getting through Skipping around You know Straight through in the Europa League I think it has It's a great achievement It's got great knock on effects It's more than numbers And this is the bit that showed me that obviously with the big fan bases These votes are hard Ali Adams got 5% oh, Justice for Ali Adams Robbed. Come on Where is your sense of romance Hugh Keevans? Well when the Rangers manager Calls a goal for Celtic against Rangers A worldie And Philippe Clement did of Kyogo's goal He's in goals today by the way Ali Adams Is he? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Uh, I think Kyogo was the moment Oh, Kyogo over Kenny McLean. The second goal in a 2 what? 1 win. Oh, Kenny McLean should have won that hands down out the park. What about Ali Adams? 5%. Amazing. Uh, you know, oh no, he should have got more than 5%. That should have been setting, narrowly setting to Kenny McLean. But that result in Norway set us up for where we were going in the summer. It was an amazing turnaround and it put us in the driving seat to qualify. Um. With my fellow colleague here Ken McLean for me I loved the goal I'd have been second on my list uh, I know the importance of Ruth I know how good a goal Kyogo's was at uh, Celtic Park But Ken McLean And then Adams you got to be I mean I just to find it within your heart Celtic or Rangers fans You win everything In Scottish football Can you know, just scroll down Give Ali Adams A wee right click Just give oh, yeah. him the Give him the credit he deserves 5% of the vote Ah ridiculous I was ashamed That night Mark yeah, Wilson yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the night you said You hated democracy It was <laughs> quite a low moment For this show <laughs> When we started going I down I never that once thought I'd say that on this show But there you are Right What's the next one? The next one We were then oh, the, 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 You picked it I think this was interesting as well This is going to annoy I think me There's a debate here to be had It was your young player of the season And the nominees were Owen Beck Ross McCausland Lennon Miller And David Watson Of Kilmarnock The winner Was Ross McCausland With 47% Of the votes <laughs> He has had a good season What are you laughing I, I, at? I'm, Wait, going, no, I'm, no, I'm sticking with that McCausland Yeah and, and the reason why I, I know that you'll probably go for Watson The reason why He gave, he was given an opportunity I think he's been terrific since he came in I think he's he's um, The fact that he's playing there With the pressure on him In front of 49,000 every second week You play with a club the, the size of Rangers the, the quality players that they're supposed to have At their disposal The competition you're up against I think the young boy's been terrific And I think he deserves that it's a good case McCausland has been good There's no doubt about it And I said on Thursday That you need to be exceptional To break into these sides But I just think Watson has been For me The standout young player Of this season um, We went through his stats um, 
uh, listen, his goal at Pataudry as well. He's only 18. He's 18, so he's like three one? years younger. 21. So 21. Oh, there we go. When you're talking about uh, young no, maybe, player. No, maybe I've got that wrong. But there are times when I do take your point about no, Celtic. 20, 20. Celtic and Rangers fans would vote for anything so long as they get a vote more than the other team did. But there are times when you have to acknowledge, you know, McCausland largely ignored by Michael Beale. As soon as Clement took one look at him, he thought he'll do for me. And I think his So you're telling me he didn't contribute to half of Rangers' season so far? I think you're undoing your own argument here. No. I like that. Yeah. Oh, oh you've shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. He's a quarter he's, season. You've came he's, undone he's, there. He's made a huge impact in a very short space of time. Well done, Hugh. But what about Watson, that? who's had a huge impact over the full season, contributing to where Kilmarnock are sitting fourth in the table after a disastrous run you make a, you uh, make a good point but, but you know Mark going to a club the size of Rangers or Celtic and you get an opportunity <sighs> the, the pressure's a little bit more for me look great cases for all but you can only pick one winner I'm going with the young lad at Rangers okay, it would have been Lennon yep. Miller if he hadn't got injured anyway so you yeah. can all just yep. settle yourselves down right now in fact Mika Beareth should have been on the list as well but never mind uh, and then finally the culmination and this is the one I've not even announced yet I'm sure you've all had sleepless nights worried about this last night it was player of the season so far the shortlist it's, the shortlist itself caused a bit of a, mm. a bit of drama I have to say because we did say that you were coming up with it. It was based on the calls that we received and the tweets and so on. So the shortlist was Matt O'Reilly, Lawrence Shankland, no-brainers, Bojan Miovsky, and James Tavernier. Now, I've had Rangers fans tweeting all night saying, a disgrace that Jack Butland wasn't on there. Jack Butland, who won signing of the season, was as eligible as anybody else to get suggested. We had two, maybe three Rangers fans who all called in all said James Tavernier, all gave their reasons why, and the reasons why it wasn't Jack Butland instead of James Tavernier. We then gave Hugh Keevans and Cammy Bell the chance to run their judgment over it, and they both said that as good as Butland's signing has been, felt that being a Rangers or a Celtic goalkeeper for that matter, you had to be absolutely out of this world, producing ridiculous saves to get a mention and you wanted to go with James Tavernier's 16 goals and 33 appearances, didn't you? Yeah, as I say, Butland is without question the, the, the best signing, uh, and Rangers are very fortunate to have him, and he will go on to to be spoken of in the same breath as the McGregors and the Gorms, I, I feel. But Tavernier, although he's the whipping boy if anything goes wrong, he's the top man when it comes to driving Rangers on, scoring goals... And assists as well So I just feel if you're talking about A contribution mm. uh, Then he has made the best contribution You were picking You, 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 you were picking the short list And none of you called in last night To put Jack Butland on the list So don't blame me But anyway The one you've all been waiting for And dare I say it Shows you the popularity mm. of this show This is a proper sample size this 10,000 votes <gasps> Oh that's good 10,000 yeah. votes And the winner by a feral distance, with 50% of the vote, was Matt O'Reilly. Uh, Lauren Shankland got 10% of the vote. James Tavernier, 38 And poor Bojan Miovsky, I'm sure he won't Did take it vote? to heart, 
1% of the vote for Bojan Miovsky. Um, Matt O'Reilly the Who voted for him Abadonians won't pay for phone calls It was David voted for him um, <laughs> O'Reilly yes Yeah I can see the argument for Tavernier scores in the cup final uh, Important goal Been terrific right back But I think O'Reilly so far this season Has been sensational yeah, he's I really do He's the best You know, Again we're talking about half a season But he's been the, the most gifted player In that half a season any grumbles from you, Mark? Cannot Wilson? argue. No, he's he really has been a standout for Celtic. Um, added goals to his game. Kind of tweaked his game. God, he probably put that down to the manager. I, I would suggest you know giving him a slightly different role, giving him different positions to get it. The player, of course, has to go then and carry it out. Um, some of his finishes this season been absolutely terrific. So, no, I I think the top two there are right. I can see why James Tavernier got the nod over Butland. I think he's been. Again, top drawer for Rangers, scoring big goals, big moments, but O'Reilly just pips him at it's this not, stage. I think when Cammy and I spoke about this off air as well, and, he, and he, you know, he knows the position well, it's it's just life as a, a Rangers or Celtic goalkeeper. I think we looked at the stat, and Jack Butland's made 37 saves, something like that, right? Which it's not, it's not his fault, right? It's, nothing, it's, not, it? it's not a lot. And if you're going to cut through in that position, you probably need, like, you know, Clean sheets and the big derby games and you know penalty save. It's just, it's just the nature of the job because you're not called upon mm. as often. But anyway, um, Matt O'Reilly, your half season player of the year. Ross McCausland, your young player of the year. Liam Scales, your surprise of the season. Jack Butland, your signing of the season. And Kamar Roos, winner in Seville, is the moment of this season as voted for by you. Which brings to an end. The Clyde One Super Scoreboard Half Season Awards. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. What did Great. we get? Good sample nothing. size. That. Yep. I like that. Nothing. I like did the half go along oh, and present the... All rise, all rise. Pep has come good. The Palmerston Pep, Queen of the South One, Aloha One. Let's round this off, you. Yo. The first half teaser with the ScottishSun.co.uk slash football for the best football news and opinion online. I will feel nostalgic just reading out these five names. The last five Scottish managers to win our top flight. Walter Smith, Gordon Strachan, Alec McLeish, Graham Souness and Billy McNeil. Brilliant. Well done if you got them right. Most of you got at least close. Robbie Boyd was in third place. Well done to you, Robbie. Crabbit Cabby was oh. in second place. And Matondo was the winner. Well done. And we'll have... A who am I with extra special Gordon DL uh-huh. safety measures attached later on this what afternoon? What we do if he gets it? Can you give him all the credit he deserves? Hold your so, hands yeah. up, apologise, and move on. I won't hold it against you. I'm st- <laughs> listen, I'm starting to come round to the idea that you might actually be quite good at it, but I think it's only fair that we just eliminate any of the conspiracy so theories. So, what do we do now? I'll tell you after. Mm. Uh, oh, we've got one of these to tell you about. With M&D Green Pharmacy And it's the first goal of the Callum Davidson era And Aha! it makes a big change <laughs> I, take it, I take it Queen's Park scored In that game, Wraith Rovers won, Queen's Park won Cameron Bruce, it's a great goal Cuts in from the left He curls a right-footing sh- right-footed shot into the far corner uh, He's only 18 years of age as well Brilliant finish that And we are level
Go on then, Dazzler. Talk to you about that one. Well, if you're going to lose a goal, lose it just before half time. Yeah. And the manager gives you a rocket, you come out and home advantage. Wraith will, Wraith will run out 3 4. Wraith are playing with your boots on, obviously. No, no if they're playing my boots on, the game will be finished. Roger would have a sore mouth talking. Okay, but a bit weird. Rangers lose a goal from a set play. Oh, the season's in turmoil. Get signing of the season in. Robbie McCrory couldn't keep it out. Oh, what is happening here? The wheels have come off. Straightforward. Clement must go. Hertha Berlin have taken the lead against Rangers in that friendly. And uh, don't really have much more to say. Can no. we tell people about the goal if they are that way? Yeah, it was, a, it was a set play, corner kick, played in. The lad uh, just rose above the Rangers' defence, flicked it to the back post, 1 0. But uh, we were looking at this, uh, obviously, pitchers coming in there. The second half, we'll see a brand new Rangers team because they're training right across. See it there? Look, look at them all. We, Alex, got them. it doesn't really work on radio that Yeah, that he's got Alec Ray's gotten them warmed up, a bit of shooting drill there. So I'll be a new Rangers side so second. There is a pitch beside the pitch, and yeah. you can see the Rangers subs warming up. There on. they go. They're doing a shooting drill. They were doing a bit of possession. And uh, you know that's not just some entirely unrelated uh, team because they've got the same strips on. Mm, okay. Unless they've taken over their supporters and put them all in strips. Well, Hold uh, on a minute. Uh, There's a shot going in. Oh, Jack Butlin. He's been brilliant. Why was he known the <laughs> Player of the Year? At halftime whistles. It should be. Ready to go You would have to imagine um, What will be the first one through I think we obviously The minute silence At Wraith I don't know if that Kept us back at all And we're levelling that game Interesting to hear Fraser Wishart's report Oh and there we go Right on cue It's half time at Capelo Fraser It is half time Morton 1 Partick Thistle 0 It took a bit of time To get going this game After all the build up Pre-match Both sides pretty cautious In the early stages But Morton grabbed <coughs> The initiative With a good goal On the half hour It's actually Jack Millen on uh, own goal he was the unlucky man but it could have been worse for the Jags Jimmy Snedden in their goal has been in terrific form more of the better of the early stage but their only effort in the first 15 minutes came from Robbie Muirhead he had a clear shot at goal usually it's a bit more clinical from the edge of the box but he didn't connect well it was a comfortable save by Jimmy Snedden but slowly Thistle came back into the game and at the other end Ian Fitzpatrick broke free ran really quickly from the halfway line the defence backed off so he struck a 20 yard low shot struck it really well good save by Ryan Mullins he's left to get a touch to put it into a corner but there was very few chances at either end neither keeper been tested in the middle part of the game a couple of low crosses by Harry Milne across the 6 yard box but no takers on the other end Ian Wilson got his head to a Muirhead cross Robbie Crawford came in at the back post and finished him a couple of yards out but the flag was up for offside but that really stirred up Morton and on the half hour they got the only a brilliant goal so, uh, save sorry, by uh, Snedden kept it goal it's a brilliant fingertip save from a Robbie Crawford 28 yard shot that hit the bar and over and from that corner Robbie Muirhead swung the ball into the 6 yard box and next thistle midfield player Robbie Crawford got his head to it it looked like it was heading back across the piece of goal hit Jackie Millen and ended up in the back of the net but nobody cared from the Morton side it was 1-0 to them Thistle really stretched at this point almost two a couple of minutes later when Oakley bent a brilliant shot towards the top left hand corner really sharp save by Snedden who then had to scoop a Crawford shot wide of the post as Morton threatened to go further ahead this will need to up their game in the second half they've been second to everything so far I think Chris Doolan might just turn to the bench fairly quickly if things don't change in the second 45 half time at Capolo Morton 1 party this will nil I think it's also half time at Wraith Rovers Roger Hanna it is half time Wraith Rovers 1 Queen's Park 1 a thrilling first half Wraith 
trying to push back to the top of the championship table today. To the lead after just three minutes, a really well worked goal. Aidan Connolly in the debut and Kyle Turner feeding the ball out to Dylan Easton on the left. He turned back onto his right foot and delivered the ball that was knocked home from close range by centre forward Jack Hamilton. At that stage, with well on top, Turner had a shot deflected over the top. Hamilton then fed Alec Bannon, surged into the box sorry, got away from Alec Bannon, surged into the box and Callum Ferry had to come off his line to claim the loose ball, Ferry called into action moments later again to turn away Aidan Connolly's free kick and then Dylan Kerr, Dylan Corr heading wide from the resulting corner but Wraith's, Queen's Park I should say slowly growing into the game and Callum Davidson's first game in charge, young wing back Cameron Bruce, he tested Wraith goalkeeper Andy McNeil in 34 minutes after a really good break by his opposite wing back Zach Mocklin down the right, McNeil then claimed the ball, Sean Welsh knocking it into the box as Rudy Payton, the top scorer, luck trying to get back into the game. Wraith was seen seldom in an attacking event in the last few minutes, although Lewis Vaughan did have a long-range free kick clutched at the junction of Post and Barber Ferry. And then in 42 minutes, Queen's Park had the equaliser they'd been threatening. Tommy Robson playing the ball to Bruce, the left wing back. He cut inside onto his right foot and called a delightful shot. Round goalkeeper Manil and just inside the far post. This wing back only turned 18 last month. It's his first ever senior goal. He's been an absolute standout for the Spiders this afternoon. Callum Davison used to be a left-back as well, you know. Half-time at Starks Park, Wraith Rovers 1, Queen's Park 1. Half-time in our featured League 1 game between Hamilton and Cove Rangers, Gabriel. Yeah, half-time at the ZLX Stadium, and it's the hosts who have the lead. Kevin O'Hara's well-taken goal, the difference at the interval, Hamilton 1 at Cove nil. The 11th minute is when the Aki's number nine was suddenly in on goal. He took a nice touch on the left-hand side, the edge of the box. Suman was unrushing the goalkeeper, but O'Hara just opened his body up, took his time, curled it into the far corner with his right foot, a lovely finish. A couple of minutes later, Lewis Smith had a replica chance. He rounded the keeper this time to the left, but he was into the side netting from a narrow angle. There was a few other half chances for O'Hara, who's been leading the line well. The Cove defence opening up a little too easily at times, whilst Carl McDonald also had a good effort saved from distance. Cove have been in this game as well, though. Ruman Burrell, a constant threat up top, the league's top scorer. He created a great chance for Gallagher after 15 minutes. Gallagher should have scored from the cutback. A good save from Jamie Smith in the Aki's goal, though. O'Connell has had a couple of shots saved as well for the visitors. It's been an entertaining match, and the game is still very much in the balance. If it stays the same, though, Aki's in position to get a little closer to the league leaders, whilst the gap between themselves and Cove is set to extend to 11 points. A quick one for Shug in the studio. It's pronounced Pantofola d'Oro, the golden slipper. I had many a pair across my amateur career, black and white. But more importantly here, it's Hamilton 1, Cove 0. That was absolutely spectacular. Unfortunately, Hugh has just gone out of the studio with a steak bake in his hand and he didn't even hear it. What a waste. We'll play it back for him later. Gabriel, thank you very much. Uh, and we'll do a full roundup of the halftime scores next. The fastest goals, the expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Half-time in the three o'clock games is, of course, the second weekend of the Scottish Premiership winter break. So not loads to tell you, but in the Championship at half-time, it's our both nil, air nil. Dunfermline Airdrie is off today. Morton 1, Partick Thistle 0 and Wraith Rovers 1, Queen's Park 1. In League 1, Hamilton Ackies 1, Cove Rangers 0, Kelty Hearts 1 and an Athletic 0, Montrose 0, Stirling Albion 0, 
Queen of the South 1 Alloa 1 And Edinburgh City 0 Falkirk 0 Although I think that one Kicked off later In League 2 Bonnie Rig Rose 1 Dumbarton 0 East Fife 1 Clyde 1 4 for 0 Elgin City 1 Stranraer 1 Peterhead 0 And the Spartans 0 Stenhouse Muir 1 uh, In the English Premier League A full time result Was Chelsea 1 Fulham 0 and that is your lot If you really are really desperately scrambling around for more football Rangers are losing 1-0 in a friendly at half time against Hertha Berlin We'll be back with the second halves next